The uh, cover of the bulletin is a beautiful picture, changing the subject. The um, beautiful picture of St. Joseph. This week we have the feast of St. Joseph, the husband of Mary. It's a solemnity. And um, it's, a, it's what fathers and sons do all the time, right? Um, working together, mothers and daughters working together. You know, I want to work in dad's workshop. You notice what he's working. Those aren't Legos. Those are nails, three nails. Do you see the shadow cast by the baby Jesus? Yeah, it's a cross. I like how the artist put that band of blue on St. Joseph and around the waist of the baby Jesus. You know, it reminds you of Our Lady. St. Joseph uh, hammering in a nail. Jesus hearing the nails hammered in. You know, um, we, we think of St. Joseph. We don't think of St. Joseph. He just fly over territory. Um, like everything between New York and Los Angeles. St. Joseph is just flyover territory. But think of the Gospel. St. Joseph is mentioned when Jesus is found in the temple. He's about 12 years old. And then when Jesus starts up his public life at 30, somewhere in between 12 and 30, St. Joseph apparently has died. He's the patron saint of a, ha- a happy death because um, on either side of St. Joseph was Jesus and Our Lady. Those are people you would want on either side of you at your death. So um, think of uh, St. Joseph's death, um, how it must have impacted Our Lady and Jesus. Oh, well, Jesus was God. It didn't, it didn't hurt him. Oh, really? Is that your final answer? Uh, St. Joseph was part of the cross. Losing St. Joseph, um, a, a seminal man, a seminal figure in his life, losing him. The Blessed Mother. Oh, well, it's okay. I have Jesus. Um, He's young. Uh, Yeah, I don't believe that either. Uh, St. Joseph losing them. Um, And also St. Joseph um, um, working in the Holy Family. He's somebody we need to rediscover. Page four, the bulletin. Um, You see today is Laetare Sunday. We had the, um, the opening antiphon today done in Latin because otherwise how would you know Laetare Sunday? Laetare Jerusalem, Rejoice Jerusalem. That's the antiphon for um, the, uh, the Mass today. That's why it's called Laetare Sunday. The church is worried that you and I are so involved in fasting, prayer, and works of mercy that we've exhausted ourselves. Um, I'm serious. Okay? That's, what, that's what the church is that's why the church inserts Laetare Sunday. Um, the, um, so we had three hours of confession yesterday, three hours today, and an hour each night, Monday through Friday, and again next Saturday, three hours. So that's a, a help. Saint, Feast of St. Patrick is on Tuesday. On uh, Monday, tomorrow, ladies, the Women's Guild has their meeting. Mike uh, Eisman and his wife Kay will be presenting, uh, answering questions on Medicare. Um, Talk about um, a uh, jungle of laws. Uh, so Mike is very astute in answering questions on this. Um, ladies, there will not be a communion service tomorrow only because, uh, as you can see on page uh, four at the bottom, 5:45 to 6:45, we have a um, we have a um, holy hour. So it's only during Lent that this is the case. Then uh, page eight and page nine. These are two prayers. Um, that I recommend to you to consider praying to St. Joseph. The one at the bottom is out of this prayer book. 
out of this prayer book. Monsignor Bodic, um, Botic, as they would say in Czech, Monsignor Bodic uh, died on March the 19th, 1998. He, um, he came to live with me in 1995, yeah, 1995, 1994, in 1994. And um, he'd been a priest over 50 years when he died. He prayed out of this prayer book every day, and spe- specifically this prayer to St. Joseph, which is on page 179. Uh, we give this prayer book out to the kids in CCD who make their first communions. So you have the prayer there. Uh, often talking to Monsignor Bodic, I would ask him, uh, Monsignor Bodic, if you could um, choose a day of the year on which to die, which would it be? He, he'd always say March the 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph. And um, that year, 98, Lent was really late. And then a week or so after, uh, a, week or, um, uh, a week before the Feast of St. Joseph, he, um, um, he went out to, um, uh, well, no, just a day before St. Joseph, he, he drove out to Lubbock to see his brother Joe and his sister-in-law Evelyn. And March 19th, he and his brother Joe played a game of golf. He probably lost. And then uh, that evening, uh, Evelyn fixed a nice meal. Then they played um, like Parcheesi. It was Wahoo. He probably lost. Um, And then he went to bed. He wasn't feeling well, so he went to bed on March the 19th. And the next morning, they found him dead. So um, um, here's a man who had a great devotion to St. Joseph. Uh, I asked Monsignor again and again, uh, Monsignor, when you die, do you want people to pray for you? He always answered very quickly, sure, sure. The, um, think about it, because um, we don't think about St. Joseph. We don't think about our own death. We don't think about praying for a happy death. Um, we ought to reconsider these things. St. Joseph is a, a good one to ask. Page 10, there are the, um, the, the lines about abstinence. And then at the bottom, fathers, I really recommend you study that and then talk it over with your, your sons and daughters. Page 11 is not numbered, um, and it's not sourced. I, I put it on the, um, on the website. It's from history.com, history.com. Just a, a great summary of what happened today in 1939. At the end of World War I, the League of Nations, that gift to the world, the League of Nations took two groups of peoples, the Czechs and the Slovaks, who were always at each other's throats, and they made them into a, a single country, kind of kind of like Yugoslavia. Yet neither of them are countries anymore. They, they went back to being separate. Um, and um, in 1939, Hitler rolled in. Yeah, uh, look, at, look on that page and you find that France and Britain, France and Great Britain saw what was happening and they let it happen. They wrote the check and we had to sign it. France and Great Britain. Oh, if only someone could have stopped them. France could have. Great Britain could have. But they didn't. And we, well, they paid the price too, but we did too. We're not even close. So, if you turn the page, um, yeah, I, it was interesting on um, the night before... Uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech, he gave a speech to the uh, APAC, American Israel Public Affairs Committee. And there he recognized before the talk 
um, the president of the Czech Republic, Milos Zeman. I thought to myself, wow, this is amazing that he would be there. Um, friends, what, what, what happened in 1939 uh, to lay the groundwork for World War II? Open the door. Pull the pin on the grenade, if you will. It's happening right now. Hitler invaded this country and that country and this country and Europe just, uh, okay, uh, well, I guess we need to give it to them. Iran is doing the same thing now. Uh, the first reading today is about Persia, the king of Persia. Yeah, Iran is uh, modern-day Persia. So um, look at the very bottom. Um, I guess about a, a third of the way from the bottom. I mentioned that Churchill was the first and most persistent critic of Hitler. But I put their church, sorry, I corrected on the website. But uh, just before um, Bibi uh, res, um, gave the joint address to Congress, he received the Winston Churchill Award. It was only a year after World War II started that Churchill took over in Great Britain. Boy, they were really fast to adapt, weren't they over there? Really fast. Oh, if only somebody could. If only someone had known, Hitler had spelled out exactly what he was going to do in his book that he wrote in jail. Um, mein Kampf. Friends, we need to pray for peace. If not, uh, the same thing that happened in the first reading today will happen again around the world. You see what happened in Jerusalem um, can happen uh, again. Uh, push, 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 push. And then God's, God says, okay, I gave you all of these chances. Page 14, um, there's the, um, Father, Father Lloyd Morris. What a great priest. I was at his ordination 20 years ago. I regret I didn't put this in in February. But um, please uh, pray for Father Morris. He's, he does great work in our diocese, especially for, for, with uh, Our Lady of Fatima over in Quinlan. So if you'd like to write him a note, you could send it here, and we'll make sure he gets it. And the Knights of Columbus, um, their bulletin, or their um, monthly newsletter is there at their website. You ought to go there and see their um, fish fries and uh, all the works that they do. Um, I really recommend it. Okay, the last, now for the homily, the last line of today's gospel. The man who lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Just before the year 2000, Catholics and Lutherans signed um, an agreement. Just going to go through it real fast. That um, Catholics um, understand and Lutherans understand that we're saved by grace. Um, we're not saved by works. We're not saved by faith. We're saved by grace. Um, but still, the, the memo hasn't gotten out. I mean, what, 16 years later? The, um, um, the, uh, so, many Protestants, um, so many Protestants still accuse Catholics of, we, we believe that we can work our way to heaven. Yeah, that's why this morning, an hour and a half before the first Mass, there were a bunch of people outside saying, Father, what works can I do inside here to get ready for church today? Now, there wasn't a big line of people out there. was the one lady who cleans the church. There wasn't a bunch of people out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. What works can I do to get to heaven? No, that, that's ridiculous. 
It's not in the Catechism. It's not in any writings, um, modern or ancient. It's called made up, and it's so tedious. It really is tedious. The, um, um, the, it was, um, um, it was um, wrong from the beginning, about 500 years ago. And it's, it's good to see that uh, um, Catholics and Lutherans have ironed that out. Um, but the readings today show that we are saved um, by God's grace. But what's that stuff at the bottom of today's gospel about works? I thought Jesus said, forget about working. Uh, no, that's nowhere in the Bible. Um, the man who lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. Um, when, when I pray and I work, um, and I don't do either of them enough, I bet you don't either, um, when I pray and I work and I combine those prayers and works with his perfect prayer and his perfect sacrifice, he cannot refuse the offer. Um, and so work, work, work and pray, pray, pray. But to do nothing, to do nothing is not an option. Um, there was a, a, a man, a Lutheran pastor who opposed Hitler in World War II. Hitler killed him. He killed everybody. Um, the, uh, his name was Bonhoeffer. And he wrote against this idea of cheap grace. Yeah, cheap grace. Well, you just breathe in and out and, and you're saved. Isn't it nice? If only it were true. Right? If only it were true. It's not true. It's not true for me or for you. Um, that's why Jesus says at the end of St. John's Gospel today, uh, whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. One of the other, one of the other titles of St. Joseph, May 1st, St. Joseph the Worker. I guess he didn't get the memo. The, um, when Our Lady appeared to those three children at Fatima, ages 10, 9, and 7, uh, the children had already been taught about prayer by an angel um, for a whole year. The children were, were learning how to pray the rosary. They were also learning how to offer their little sacrifices to God to help other people for the conversion of sinners. Um, so when Our Lady appeared in 1917, again, the children's ages were 10, 9, and 7. They were cousins. They were little but they were so um, they were they were taught about these things because they could understand them. And Our Lady began a conversation with them on that day, um, uh, May thirteenth, nineteen seventeen. The Lucia, because she was the oldest, she was ten. That's old, right? Um, she asked Our Lady, "Where are you from?" She said, "I am from heaven." I know this is familiar. Um, and so Lucia said, will I go to heaven? Yes, you will go to heaven. Will Jacinta go to heaven? Yes, she will go to heaven. Will Francisco go to heaven? Yes, he will go to heaven, but he will have to pray many rosaries. Um, Francisco was nine. There was no TV, no radio, no movies. Um, um, they were out in the middle of nowhere. There were cars. They didn't own one. Francisco's nine. Francisco could see Our Lady 
but the girls could see her and hear her. When the girls told Francisco what Our Lady said, he started praying many rosaries. Our Lady also quickly uh, would tell the children that Jacinta and Francisco, brother and sister, ages nine and seven, that they would live a very short time and then they would go to heaven. Um, But Lucia would live on to spread the message of Our Lady of Fatima. And it was February. That was the 10th anniversary of Lucia's death. So Lucia went went on to live a long life. But Francisco and Jacinta uh, obviously succumbed to the Spanish flu. Spanish flu was going around um, as a result of World War I. Millions were killed by the Spanish flu. Um, They traced the source of the Spanish flu. It's that part of Spain we called Kansas. Yeah, it started in Kansas. That's not in Spain. But anyway, I'm glad they call it the Spanish flu. Gets the focus off of Kansas. So um, our, um, our lady is having this conversation with the children, and Lucia is smart. Women make the best detectives. Mothers make the best detectives. Have you ever known uh, someone to just take one potato chip? Have you ever known a mother to ask just one question? Right. So um, after Lucia has asked these questions, and she's got an answer for every question, so she goes on. There was a there was a young lady. There were there were two young ladies who had lived with their families in Fatima for just a short while. They they were learning to sew. And after they learned, they moved on. The first uh, young lady was about 18. Her name was Maria Daneves. So Lucia said, "Is Maria had gotten the uh, Spanish flu and died. She's only 18 years old. Um, so, um, so she said, is Maria Daneves in heaven? And our lady said, yes, she is in heaven. Well, there was a second um, young lady. Well, she wasn't that young. She was really old. She was 20. When you're 10 years old, 20 is ancient, right? So um, she said, uh, is Amelia in heaven? And Our Lady said, no, she will be in purgatory until the end of the world. Isn't that a hateful thing to say to three children? Isn't that a hateful thing? No, it's not, because it was true. Why in the world would Our Lady say such a thing to these three children? To... um, Well, you know, when the children heard that, after what they had been learning over the last year, they started praying and they started offering their little sacrifices to God through so that Amelia could get out of get out of purgatory before the end of the world. Yeah, Amelia will be in purgatory until the end of the world, just like Father Paul. The uh, friends, I don't like suffering at all. But what this Sunday is about, this Laetare Sunday, is that suffering is to be embraced, to be offered to God as uh, along with our prayer um, through Christ to God the Father. Um, there's, a, there's a church. I just was talking to some friends last week. There's a church between here and Dallas. The last Mass, I got a little too specific. But anyway, there's a church between here and Dallas. 
And they got this great door. It's a small church, but the pastor says at that church, it's not Catholic, the pastor says to the people all the time, the minute you walk through that door, all sins are forgiven. Wow, that's great. I just wish it was true. I would have one installed here, maybe one at the rectory for my mom. I don't need it. <laughs> minute you walk through that door, all your sins are forgiven. That's crazy. Now I figured out why that area is always clogged up with traffic on I-30. Because people are hearing about that door and they're going there. And that's why I-30 is always shut down. People are trying to get to that door. That, that's cheap grace. That's just, that's just wrong. That's not Christian. That's magic. And when somebody says something like that, how about a hand going up and saying, How? Where's that in the Bible? Oh, we only say that to Catholics. <laughs> Think about it. The minute you walk... Look, that's the confessional over there. I don't say the minute you walk through that door, all your sins are forgiven. No, you've got to go to confession. I've got to go, I gotta go to confession. The Pope has to go to confession. It's not the minute you walk through the door. It's not some magic door. Um, so, uh, cheap grace. Cheap grace is all over Christianity today. Modern Christianity. And so people say, well, I'm going there because I'm not judged. Listen, if somebody judges you in the Catholic Church, they're wrong. You've got to judge yourself. I've got to judge me. No, don't judge me. And I'm not going to judge me either. Okay. Well, try that with a credit card. Slide. I don't have to pay the bill. That's right. Some, but someday you will have to pay the bill. Right? Yeah, we all understand this. When um, I mentioned Monsignor Bodic, um, and um, when um, when he came to live with me at Blessed Sacrament, it, at first it was very formal because he's 50, oh, 50 years a priest, and and I was just five years a priest. But we started we started joking with each other as brothers will do. He was a brother priest, right? He was my senior, um, uh, so uh, I would joke with him. Um, and it, it, it made things a lot easier to, to pass the time, right? You don't want to live like you're um, royalty or something like that. So if I was out to dinner with my mom and my aunt, I would say something like, uh, oh, i got to get back to the church. Monsignor's there alone. I think I left the gate open. You know, just joking about Monsignor. You know, like, oh, he might have gotten out. No, he wasn't, he wasn't a prisoner. So... Um, Monsignor, we would joke like this, or I would joke like this, and Monsignor would just turn so red. I say, "You're you're really suffering, aren't you?" He said, "Oh yeah." I said, uh, "And all that suffering is going to get you to heaven?" He said, "Oh, you're right about that." I said, "And when you get to heaven, you're going to be in heaven praising God for all eternity." And he said, "You're right." I said, "I got to break the news to you, Monsignor. You're also going to be praying for everybody who helped get you to heaven. So you're going to be in heaven praying for me." And he would always say the same thing. <laughs> it was like living with, you know, the Incredible Hulk, right? Um, Monsignor, uh, Monsignor had a hard life as a young man 
and as a priest. Even though the church he was at for the last 25 years uh, in Highland Park is a beautiful church, he had a lot of suffering come his way. As long as our suffering is, is combined with our prayer and offered to him, then suffering is a, a cause for rejoicing. When we see God, uh, when we see suffering in our life, our suffering or seeing our loved ones suffer, and we think that he is trying to torture me, he is trying to torture you, he is trying to torture that baby or that child or that teenager or that so-and-so, that's not God. That's somebody else, but it's not God. He does not torture anyone. Um, when, when you look at this, was, was he torturing him? Of course not. And so uh, we have a great opportunity here during Lent to, to really focus on what is truly um, the teaching of Christ, that combining prayer with this great work of suffering. Like those three children at Fatima. Why bring them up if, if kids ages 10, 9, and 7 can get it? Do I have an excuse? Do I have a valid excuse with him? I don't. Neither do you. And we have to teach this to children. Our lady was coming and she had said this at, at, at Lourdes. She had said it at, uh, at uh, Mexico City. She said it again and again. Mothers have to repeat themselves. Does that belong there? Uh, uh, did you leave this over here? Would, would you pick that up? Uh, right. Mothers are always repeating themselves. And so Our Lady, appearing again and again over the, the centuries, is, is reminding us of this beautiful aspect. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to suffer. But if we, if we have some version of cheap grace that's not in the Bible, that we just made, made up, that's fine, but, but one day it will, it will, the balance will come due. We'll have to pay. Um, uh, that's what that first reading was about. Uh, again and again, says the priests and the people in Jerusalem added infidelity, sin upon sin, practicing all kinds of abominations of the nations, in other words, the non-Jews, polluting the Lord's temple, and it built up and it built up and it built up and finally God said, I can't help you anymore. It's going to happen. Tim Burr. Um, God didn't cause it. But God brought out of that suffering, um, um, God brought out of that suffering a promise to restore Jerusalem. Uh, this is the, the fulfillment of that promise in sending his only son. Uh, the gospel today says it so beautifully. The man who lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.